God, that's the cry of our heart this afternoon is that your holy presence would really fall down in every area of our life. Lord, just for a few moments, we, we turn everything off and we turn our attention toward you, God. We turn our attention toward heaven and we say, Lord, would you begin to, to shift and shape things in our life that would bring glory and honor to your name? God, we give you access into our finances and into our careers and into the way we raise our family and into our relationships, God. We give you access into areas of our heart that we have pre- uh, previously closed off to you until now, God. God, we give you access into the hurts of our past and into the hopes of our future. And God, we want your presence to begin to fall in areas of our life that have not yet seen the light that you shine. And God, we want our life to be more than just a temporary moment or a status quo. God, we want the promises that you have already ordained for us before the beginning of time. God, we want your holy presence to fall in our life and to begin to shift and shape things in our life that we could never begin to wrap our mind around or even imagine. And Lord, we believe that by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit that all things are possible through you. Lord, we don't deny your power. We acknowledge your power. And we say, God, let the power of Jesus begin to to shift and shape things in our city. We want our city to look different because of you. Lord, we want our schools to look different because of you. We want our workplaces to look different because of what you're doing in the lives of your people. We don't want church to be something that's ordinary. We want to be a part of something that's extraordinary, God. And so we turn our hearts to you in a fresh and in a new way today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Can you let out a shout of praise today? Come on. Thank you, Lord. We are in our vision season, so we're looking forward. We're looking toward 2020, toward the things that God wants to do in our city and in our church and in our individual lives and our lives collectively as a family. And so we're, we're a part of a well-able season right now. And so Vision Offering 2020 is coming up next week, and Pastor Jamie has been sharing his heart for the house and all the things that have been going on here over the last year and all the things that we hope to see in the coming year. And if you've missed any of those messages, I encourage you to go online and check them out and see those numbers and those figures for yourself. And one thing that really blew me away was when I saw 684 people in connect groups. Our church, I know today you're like, well, I don't know where 684 people, but there are 684 people in connect groups right now um, this year. And so it's been really incredible to see what God is doing. And Pastor Jamie is going to share more of his heart today. So uh, will you prepare your heart and receive this word from my pastor via video? What's up, Transformation Church, man? I'm so excited to see what God's doing in our church and through you and through our church. Uh, we're in our annual vision season and in a series called We Are Well Able. And uh, I'm just believing next week for our annual vision partner offering. It's going to be an amazing day. Uh, we've been believing for God, for God to do great things to impact our planet. Last week you saw our missions and all the places that God's impacting through us. And I think next week as we bring that offering, I don't, I'm not asking you not just to bring your finances, bring your faith. And uh, God promises if you take care of His house, He'll take care of your house. And so I think as we commit together, God's going to make an eternal impact and you're going to get a huge return on an eternal investment. 
Um, I'm here in the Knoxville Coliseum, the home of, our, of the Ice Bears, our very own professional hockey team. And uh, the head coach is a great friend of mine. Uh, he goes to our church. He's on one of our Transformation Church Serve teams. Great coach, great leader. If you haven't been out to one of the games, you got to check it out. It's family friendly, and uh, it's a great, great time to get out and support a local team. We're going up to, we're in section E, row 17, the highest row you get. We're going to get over here and we'll see what seat I'm getting. Maybe seat number one. We're in the middle of the Coliseum. Seats everywhere. This is the top of the crowd. I mean, this place fills up and, and you can't get any higher. I've sat all over this, this Coliseum in different games. I go to a lot of games and, uh, and there's a different perspective. There's one perspective up here in the crowd. It's a, it's a great view, but it's, it's pretty far from the ice. There's another perspective. I've also sat down on one of those boxes, right on the glass, right on the ice. And when you're sitting there, I mean, ice is kind of coming up over the glass. You can feel it hitting your face. Pucks fly up over. It says, beware of flying objects. And my kids are grabbing those pucks and they get to have those as souvenirs. It's just a different experience, different perspective. I promise you, there's a whole nother perspective of the players on the ice, of the team. They've got a different experience and different perspective where they're, where they're playing from. And here's the reason why. Because they're not part of the crowd. They're part of the committee. And I, I want to I encourage you and challenge you. A, a church turns the crowd into the committed. And, and I believe that's who we're called to be, the committed. Acts 2.42 says this, that they had devoted themselves to the Word of God, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayer. That word devotion, I mean devoted themselves. It's not a casual word. It's not a crowd word. It's like a devotion to, to each other and fellowship and prayer and eating together and hanging out and breaking bread. Not just on Sunday, not just going to church. There was this, this commitment. And I, I, I want us to think about what it looks like to be the crowd versus being the committed. And I, I think that you're always going to have the crowd. It's okay. Jesus, Jesus always had a crowd. Uh, he ministered in the crowd. He did miracles in the crowd. But he never intended for us to stay the crowd. He wanted us to go from the miracles and the ministry he did to being empowered to become the committed, to become the church. And so my question is, how, how long do, do you stay the crowd? How long do you wait to be committed to become the church? And, and I, think, I think it's fine to be a crowd. Look, but, it, but the crowd thinks different. The crowd... The crowd always thinks, how can I beat the crowd? How can I fight the crowd? When this crowd comes to these games, they're thinking, how do I get my seat? How do I beat the crowd? How do I get my popcorn? How do I get my drinks? How do I want to beat the crowd, beat the crowd. People come to church and they'll say, oh, I go to your church or I go to transformation. I don't even understand that, like I go to that. Like the church is who we are. You'd never hear one of these players down here say, are you going to the Ice Bears game? They're like, what are you talking about? I, I am the game, I am the Ice Bears. We are the Ice Bears. Like they don't say, I'm going to the game. And like you hear people go, I'm going to church. Well, they're really saying that I'm part of the crowd. I'm, I'm going to beat the crowd. They think to beat the crowd, fight the crowd. How do I go pick my kids up quick enough to get out of church, to get to my car quick enough to beat the crowd? How do I check my kids in quick enough to get and beat the crowd? How do I get my seat? How do I get my... I want to fight the crowd. The church doesn't think like that. The committed don't think like that. The, the church thinks like, how do I take the ministry of miracles God's done in my life and, and be committed to, to take them and use those to serve the purpose of God amongst the committed people, amongst the church, amongst the cause of Christ. How can I be committed? Not, not fight the crowd, how can I be committed? Again, we're gonna have a crowd, but 
but we shouldn't stay the crowd. We should, we should go from the crowd to committed. Really, the fact that the crowd shows up is because of the sacrifice of the committed. The, this, this place fills up because of the commitment of that team. And, and I just want you to know, we have a great church. We're a committed people. Jesus said this in, in Matthew 16, 18. He said that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Here, here's, that's awesome, but here's what's scary. He didn't say that, that the gates of hell wouldn't stop a crowd. The gates of hell can stop a crowd. And I, and I, I just want you to, to know, I, I haven't given my life and moved to this city and you haven't given your time in life to build a crowd. We're here, we're here to build a church, to impact the globe. Here, write this down. There's a greater cost to be a part of the committed. It just is. The cost to be committed is greater. The player's perspective from this, this vantage point on the ice, in the fight, in the game, it's a greater cost. You might say, well, well I'll pay a cost to be a part of the crowd. I, I pay for my ticket, I come to the crowd, and, and I, I sit there and I pay. Well, there is a cost to be in the crowd, but there's a cost, yes, to come to church, to, to get your kids up, to get dressed. There's a cost to that, but the cost to be uh, on the team, the cost to be committed is much greater. These athletes, these these players on the court, on the on the ice, they, they pay a great cost. You'd say, well, maybe maybe not. They get paid. They're pro athletes. They get paid to be on the ice, and so there's not a cost to them. Well, I, I would I would differ with you. Think about it. I mean, if you inspect their life, the cost they've paid in passion, the cost they've paid uh, in, in in sweat, blood, tears, in practice, in, in the gym, all the cost of, of them having a dream to be a pro hockey player. There's a great cost in that. You just look at their scars. Look at their look at their body. They're they're dented. I mean, they're beat up. They got bones that are broken. One of the captain, he didn't even have teeth. If you don't think there's a cost, just look at the dental bills on some of these guys. I mean, forever having a dent in their body because of being committed to the game. And, and I would just tell you, like, maybe some of you are scared to be committed because you're like, I don't want those scars. I, I was hurt by these people. Or I was hurt by other people. Or I'm not ready to be committed because of some of the, the things that I might face. I don't want to pay the cost. But I'm telling you, the, the scars and the pain and the, and the price that we pay to be committed is proof that we're on the team, on the in the church. We're the church, not just the crowd. And we're fulfilling God's mission. We're committed to the mission. And yes, there'll be scars, but that I'd rather be scarred and committed to the cause than, than just sit in the crowd. I think it's important for us to be committed, and I know you are. I ask you to just take those steps of being committed this year, and, and let's get in the game. Let's get on the ice. Let's let's get into the into the mix of what Christ asked us to be committed to. We're going to change the planet. We've got a great church. Come on, transformation. You're a committed church. We're not just a crowd. We're a committed people. I heard a story about a wealthy man that had just bought a brand new automobile, like a hundred thousand dollar car. He was driving it home from the dealership and he was in a neighborhood that he wasn't familiar with, kind of a, a dangerous neighborhood. And, and as he drove through that neighborhood, he was slowing down and he was a little nervous when he was going to get home. And, and, and on the side of the road in that neighborhood, there was a little boy that was waving like this and like, stop. And he, and, he, and he was like, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep on going. He, he wasn't familiar. And he, he went around him and kept going. And the minute he got around him, he felt a thud on his car, like a big bang. And he thought, what is that? And he turned around and there was a brick that had been thrown into his car. He got out of the car and he saw that the little boy had thrown a brick into his car. The boy was about 12 years old and the guy was fuming. He was furious. He was like, kid, you little punk, you're going to pay for my car. You're going to pay for what? This is an expensive car. You're going to pay for it and you're going to jail. I'm taking you to jail. And the little boy said, sir, sir, that's fine. Please stop. Listen, my mom, she's in the apartment and she's dying. She's on the floor. She's dying in my apartment. 
and they've cut our phones off and I can't call the doctor, I can't call anybody. Please, listen, you can take me to jail. Just let me use your phone first to call for a doctor. Please, sir. The man just said, son, I am a doctor. Take me to your mom. And they ran inside and the man saw his mom on the floor and he went down and he began to do CPR and he resuscitated her and brought her back to life and got an ambulance there and, 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 and got, the, got the lady headed to the hospital and the little boy said, said to him, sir, is my mom going to make it? Is she going to live? And the doctor said, son, your mom's going to live. And he said, okay, sir, thank you so much. He said, you can take me to jail now, sir. And the man, kind of ashamed, said, son, I'm not going to take you to jail. I'm going to take care of you and your mom and make sure you're okay. Make sure she's okay. The little boy thanked him. The man went on home. And he was praying and talking to God and he was embarrassed, like, couldn't believe that he he went through that and just that he was passing that kid and he, and he actually the story goes that he went back out to his car and, and he apologized to God and he said God forgive me for not stopping and seeing your purposes and not using my talents and my gifts for people that are hurting and dying and he left the he left the dent in the side of his car because he said every day he wanted to be reminded in his luxurious car he wanted to be reminded that God is trying to get his attention and wants to use him and use his giftings and him him for his purpose in the earth and that that dent would be a reminder that he was committed to the cause of God come on maybe you're gonna have to get a dent in your in your schedule this year to be reminded that that you're committed to the cause of God and not just a crowd not just going to church maybe we need a dent in our in our in our social sphere maybe we need a dent in our finances in an offering maybe we need a dent in our generosity or maybe we need a dent in in our schedule or our friends or or our prejudices or our way of thinking come on we're the committed we're the church we're not just the crowd and the thing is the dent is a reminder that we've been on the ice that we've been in the battle. The scars are a reminder that we're committed to the cause of Christ. Come on, let's live with a, a little bit of dent in our life. Let's live dented this year and, and be reminded that we're committed. I want to encourage you, just take a step away from the crowd and get closer to being committed. Just take that next step of commitment. Next week is an amazing, huge annual offering for our vision. I've got a great vision. Man, we're committed to the cause of Christ. And I promise you, as we commit to be the church, hell will not stop our church. Come on, Transformation Church. I'll see you next week. Love you. Have an awesome week. Come on, y'all. As we are committed to the cause of Christ, I love what he said. Hell will not stop our church. Hell will not stop our church. That was so good. Come on. Somebody got dents out there? Anybody got some dents in their lives? Y'all thankful for the dents that y'all have in your life? Come on, I'm thankful for the dents that God has allowed me to make it through to give him glory. I know I felt just like that doctor that Pastor Jamie was talking about, except I'm thankful that God hit me with a brick and just didn't hit the car with a brick. I'm glad he hit me with that brick and blessed me and, and, and helped me to see how he can use me to help heal a hurting and dying world because we are who brings Jesus to this planet. Do y'all understand that? It is, it's God working through us that shows people what Jesus is. Pastor Jamie asked a question in that video. I don't know if you caught it, but I wanted to go ahead and, and say it one more time. And it talks, he said, how do I take the ministry and miracles that God has done in my life and use them to serve the purpose of God among a committed people? Come on, y'all. Ain't that good? How do I take the ministry and miracles that God has brought me through? When y'all walked in, you may have seen some cards on your chair. If you go ahead and grab those out, just set them on your lap got four stories, four testimonies that I want to share with you. And as I was preparing for this uh, word yesterday, you know how God works. I was just getting into prayer and I said, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Uh, 
how do I, how do we, how do we talk about these testimonies? And God showed me in my, my daily devotional, Psalm 145, 10, 11, in the New Living Translation says, all of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. And this, this, check this line out right here. They will give examples of your power. So right now, what you're holding in your hand is four examples of God's power. See, people talk about all the time, is God doing miracles anymore? I'm going to show you today that God is still doing miracles, and he's doing miracles through our church and through what, what God is doing here in the house. So I want to start with Shaunri and, and Nikki Baker's story. And it said, before coming to Transformation Church, our family was attending church each week, but we were going more out of obligation than anything else. We were in need of a change, and after months of praying, God led us to TC, where we found freedom in a relationship not bound by religion. Come on, y'all. Aren't y'all glad to serve a God that doesn't bind us with religion but wants relationship from us? Ain't that good? And it says, on our first visit, the atmosphere was set from the parking lot to the auditorium, and it just felt like home. Getting plugged into TC has allowed us to better understand the direction in which God is taking us in this season. The more we serve... The more God is revealing to us his plan for our lives. Now it feels as though we are living on purpose with a purpose. Come on, y'all. I know some of y'all have felt like that. Some of y'all have felt like, maybe even some today, felt like you go to church out of obligation. Like we just need to check a box and you, you happen to come into a, an environment like Transformation Church and you like, you know, we have an awesome creative dance team that shows up and, and does some awesome creative dance stuff. Y'all, come on, give our creative dance team a hand. There's a couple of them in here. And you come in and you see videos where pastors shooting a video at, at, at the Knoxville Coliseum on the ice. And let me tell you one thing about that video. That ice is cold. I stood there for about 30 minutes and it is cold on your feet and I had shoes on. Anyway, so and you come into an environment that God is blessing you with, but you really don't know what to do with it. You really don't know. it, And maybe you just feel like you're obligated to be here. Maybe you grew up watching your parents go to church and, and you said, well, I want to get my kids in church. And that's good. But God wants so much more for us because pay attention to that line that, that Shaunri and Nikki said. They said, now it feels as though we are living on purpose with a purpose. I'm here to tell you today that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God is telling us it's time to get committed. He doesn't want us sitting in the stands anymore. we got to commit to the vision of what God is doing. God wants us to be part. He wants each and every one of us, everybody sitting out there today, he wants all of us to be part of his vision of what he is doing, what God is doing in this city, in this region. It's that big. He wants us to be part of it. He has designed us with destiny. He's positioned us with purpose, and he has called each and every one of us here for a reason. Look, I left my dream job. I'm not a pastor. Pastor Jamie asked me to come and be his executive pastor, and I said, I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? And I left what I thought was my dream job to come and serve the cause of Christ because I got in this environment about three years ago, and I said, something is different. Something is going on in this environment, and I watched each and every week through the hallways and through the lobbies stories of people's lives being changed every week, and I said, I got to leave what I'm doing, and I got to come serve God. So I'm learning, y'all, how to be a pastor. I'm learning how to speak in front of you right now. And in times I come up here, it's kind of cause a little anxiety. You know, public speaking is kind of terrifying. That's okay. But I'm here to show you and reveal to you what God's power can do through somebody's life that's fully committed to him. And this is what these stories are about. about it's about being fully committed. 
God wants us to commit to the process. He's working in us and he wants us to stop going through the motions. I'm going to read the next story to you. It's Garland's story. And the story is this. It's a great testimony. Long before coming to Transformation Church, I had formed some beliefs about being too far gone. I had rarely, if ever, doubted the existence of God, but I've come to doubt whether or not his promises were meant for me anymore. Come on, have some of y'all felt like that, like God's promises just weren't meant for you? Some of us have felt that. I've been there. And then he came to, uh, to doubt whether his promises weren't meant for him anymore, but attending TC has revealed to him that his struggles aren't bigger, darker, or scarier. I know now that I'm not meant to be alone, and I never was. I've wasted a lot of time in isolation, trying to believe it was making me stronger and safer. Instead, I felt even more scared, angry, and frustrated. Now I simply can't feel the angst, bitterness, and resentment towards others and myself that I've previously grown so accustomed to in my life. I've learned that nothing I've done, I want you to listen to this, nothing I've done has disqualified me from God's grace through Jesus at the cross. Nothing that we've done. And I, like everyone else, was not made to be alone. And now I know that I'm not, y'all. That's a miracle. It's a mindset that it held somebody down and it held somebody back for so long. Because God doesn't want us to be alone, y'all. He created us to be in community. That's why you hear us from, from the platform. You hear us push connect groups every week. Because we know the importance of being connected and in community with others. There's so much power. Relation, freedom is frowned in the context of relationships. God wants us to be in relationships with us. You hear us pushing serve teams. And yes, serve teams is being the hands and feet of Jesus and serving in the church. Yes, that's amazing. But that's not just it. God wants us to be serving with other people, committed to a mission that's bigger than ourselves. I served 20 years in the military, committed to a mission that was bigger than myself. And I went on the front lines and I battled with brothers and sisters on the front lines to protect the freedom of our nation. However, the cause of Christ is 28 million times more important than protecting our nation. Can I tell you that? The cause of Christ and locking arms with brothers and sisters in this church and standing on the front lines and saying, devil, you're not going to get our families. Devil, you're not going to get our friends. Devil, you are not going to take control of anything in our lives. Saying that and being, called and being committed to Christ's cause on this planet is the most important thing that we could ever do. It's interesting I like the, 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 there's a spot in the Bible where the Pharisees, and if those of y'all who didn't grow up in church or know a lot about the Bible, the Pharisees, uh, they represent the religious establishment of the day. And, and the Pharisees were the only, the only group of people that Jesus really went after because the Pharisees made it so hard to get to God, so hard to connect to God that nobody was able to. See, God gave us Ten Commandments. The Pharisees of the day, the religious authority of the day, they took the Ten Commandments and made 500 more. So they tried to trap Jesus because Jesus was doing miracles and Jesus was changing the world. They tried to trap him. And they said, what is the most important commandment? Because they were trying to see what he would say. And Jesus broke it down. So he took those 500 they made and even the 10 and he broke it down into two. And he said in Matthew 22, 37 and 39, he said, this is the first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he said, important sentence, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. God wants us to love him first 
and then love others. It's about being in relationship. It's about loving others. It's about loving our neighbors. See, we're all excited, and we talk about missions and going across the globe and spreading the love of Jesus, and that's awesome. That's cool, but some of us need to take that step out of our front door, walk across the street to our neighbors, and tell them about the love of Jesus. Some of us need to do that because we're, we're designed to be in this together. Some of you may be sitting there and you feel like Garland talked about and maybe feel like you wear a mask and like, like you're trying to be tougher and, and, and life can't get to us and we got it all together and maybe, you know, a lot of us post on Instagram and we go on the gram and, and we put on this mask and, 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 and all, of, all of our kids' lives are perfect and, and our families' lives are perfect and everything is perfect all around us. But let me tell you that that is causing people to be the most depressed that they've ever been in their entire lives. Why? Because they're looking at every, everybody's highlight reels. They're looking at everybody's masks that they're putting on. And then they're seeing their life and they're getting depressed. Our teenagers are suffering higher, level, higher levels of depression rates than they've ever experienced, and that's because of social media. It's funny to me because they say at this point in our history, we are the most connected that we've ever been, but in reality, we're the most disconnected in relationship that we've ever been. God wants us to be in relationship. He wants us to not wear the mask. God sees us and he loves us. This is why we have to get into a life-giving environment like this church and what you've experienced and what, and what Garland's experienced. And this is how it works. So this is the rest of Garland's story that wasn't on the card. Garland is on our safety team. And Garland is about 6'6". And he's a big dude and he's a scary dude. And that's good because he's on our safety team. So we want those guys on our safety team. And he's here to protect us. He keeps us safe every week. But a couple weeks ago, I had seen there was, a, there was a, an individual in the church that you could tell he was struggling. He was dealing with some stuff. I saw him after church, spent some time with the prayer team, and they prayed for him. And then it was about 2.30 in the afternoon, and we were cleaning up after everybody had left, and we were getting the service or the, the, the auditorium set for next week. And I walk out, and I look out the front door, and I see Big Garland sitting out there with that guy that I saw that was struggling earlier. And this is the guy that talked about in the card that isolated himself. This is the guy that talked about in the card about putting on masks and being away and, and trying to make himself feel tough by pulling away from everybody. And I saw Garland out on that curb right outside the front door sitting and talking to this guy. So I went out there to see what was going on. And Garland just kind of gave me a wink and let me know everything was okay. And I saw him smile. And what Big Garland was doing is he was sharing life with that guy. He was being a representation of Jesus to that man that was sitting out on the curb. And that's how it works, y'all. See, the abundance of God and the love of God is flowing through Garland, and that's allowing Garland to flow that out to other people and show people what Jesus is like. That's how God works. This is what you're part of. I wanted to share with you these stories of what you're part of. Next story that I have is Rollins' story. Rollins' story says this. In March of 2017, I was hired to work the traffic flow coming in and out of Transformation Church. At this point in my life, I was far away from religion and God, and I felt like church was just a place where people judged you and asked for money, and that wasn't my thing. One day, while working the parking lot, I decided to go into the church and take a peek at what was going on. That moment defined my life forever. I walked in and listened to Pastor Jamie speaking from the platform and listened to the worship team, and I was stunned. I immediately went back outside and called my wife and told her it was a church like none other I had been to. I felt that God brought me here for a reason. Since being introduced to this church and letting God back into my life, I have been changed dramatically. 
I'm a better husband, a better father, and a better police officer. I'm going to try to make it through this story. This one hits, hits real home, close to home with me. So, Rollin, I watched this happen. Uh, Rollin, we had paid Rollin to keep us safe as you're coming in and out of that one entryway, coming into that front parking lot. You know there's one entryway. I know not, a lot of y'all know about that. Let me tell you a little secret. The best spot to park is over here beside the church where the stairs are. There's three exit ways out there. Trust me. That parking lot's going to be full next week. But we didn't know what traffic flow was going to look like with the worst stop sign, four-way stop in Knoxville's right out there, y'all. We didn't know what traffic was going to look like, so we hired him to keep us safe. He came out here, of course, in uniform and with his cruiser and kept us safe week in and week out. But I saw how Rollin would every week kind of work his way closer to the front doors. And, and, I, and I watched him kind of pull his, par- his car up, and then he parked his car out and right in front of the front doors. He parked his cruiser out there. And I saw when he kind of came in, and he peeked his head in a little bit. And I saw when our first impressions team, come on, y'all, give it up for our first impressions team. This is why this is so important. They met Rollin at the door and gave him a hug and welcomed him in. And he had never experienced anything like that. And then as he walked in a little bit further, more people walked up and talked to him and just accepted him for where he was, not, not you know, uh, influenced by the uniform that he has on, just told him that God loved him and that God was here for him. And he walked into an environment, and Rollin couldn't really explain or understand what was happening to him. And, and let me explain and understand, or help you understand. This environment, God's spirit is in this environment. So when you walk in and people, I've heard so many people say, I don't know what's going on in there, but it's different. And this, when the spirit of God is in an environment, it changes the game. That's why we have so many people come and say, I don't know what's going on, but I want to feel part of it. Some of you out there may have felt like that the first time you walked in. You may feel like that every week because God's spirit is showing up every week. So this is Rollin, and he's, he's, me and him are starting to develop a relationship, and we're talking every day, and we're just sharing about what's going on with you know, our football teams, and we're just hanging out. I'm not preaching to him. I'm just hanging out with him as he walks around and as he experiences the environment and keeps us safe every Sunday. About five months after he started, he comes to me, and he comes right in that little hallway over there, and he says, he says Drew, man, i got to talk to you. I said, man, what's up? He said, uh, I don't want to be paid to do this anymore. And I was like, Wait, well, you quitting? Don't quit, man. And, and he's, like, he's like, no, I don't want to be paid to do this anymore. And he's made a very awesome statement to me. He said, he said no, Drew, I don't, want to pay to, I don't want to be paid to do this anymore. This is my house and this is my family. So hold on. Think about that for a minute. You got a dude outside, wasn't even in a church, didn't know anybody at the church, works his way in and now says this is his family. And this is his house. And then a few months after that, Rollin comes to me and he says, hey, man, do you mind if I build a safety team and lead a safety team for Transformation Church? Do you mind if I do that? And let's just say that we have some of the baddest dudes in Knoxville on our safety team. Come on, y'all. We need some bad dudes to protect us. Come on, y'all. And help us. I'll let you know right now that we are very safe every week. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. All right. And, and he wanted to build that, and now he's built that, and that's actually one of the fastest-growing teams in Transformation Churches, our safety team. And, it's, it's, and that's so important because guys that may never have done anything else, guys that may never have said, I want to be an usher, or guys that may never have said, you know, uh, I want to be on the parking team, they said, hey, I want to be on the safety team. And now those guys are connected. 
Those guys are in community. Those guys are in relationship with others. That's what this is about. You see how God works from one life that can impact and influence. And now Rollins is impacting more than, I mean, 10, 15, 20 people. And he, he came to me uh, the other day. He said, hey, um, I'm going to go back to school. I want to get my master's. Can you help me with that? Can you help me? What school should I go to? Where should I do? What, what, what should I do? He goes, I want to just give more to God. I want to go to seminary. And I was like, do you know what seminary is? Uh, and I'm like, cool. Uh, but that's a guy that was out in the parking lot. And Roland on our Easter Sunday um, last year, if, but on the back row, I'll never forget walking in. I looked, and it was Roland in a suit. Kind of, and he's never in a suit, so that really kind of blew my mind. Uh, and there was about 14 or 15 of his family members in that back row with him. And he would tell you that he would have never done that before. This is what God is doing in our church. This is what God is doing right before us. And I've seen his life change. I've seen his demeanor change. I've watched him share the love of Jesus with people. And that's amazing. And yes, he still has some rough edges. But don't we all still have some rough edges? And aren't you thankful that God can use us despite the rough edges that we have? This is how God is affecting and operating in this environment. And, and Roland and his wife, Suzanne, are here at our church because, remember, he told you in the car he went out and called his wife, and now they're in, and their family's here. And just by talking with them and interacting with them, we were able to hear a need because of the generosity of everybody in this church. We were able to hear a need and meet a need. And we were told that the KPD officers that serve at Neyland Stadium every weekend and keep everybody safe at the game, 250 officers, they don't eat. They don't get fed. They don't eat. They have to pay for their food. And we said, why are they having to pay for their food? We should feed them. Somebody should feed them. So through your generosity and through that, that just small thing that Rollins dropped in, in front of us, we were able to feed and support 250 Knoxville Police Department officers this year. And that may or may not be connected to them having a winning record this year. I'm just saying. Maybe that has something to do with it. Transformation Church, changing Knoxville, changing the balls. Here we go. Come on, somebody. All right. And in May of this year, we as a church are going to host a KPD family day for all of their families to come out. We're going to host a family day. Y'all are going to do that. We're going to do that together. That's what this is about, y'all. Because it's not just about feeding officers or hosting a family day. It's about showing people, showing families, showing our officers what the love of Jesus looks like. It's about being Jesus to somebody. Because in this day and age that we live in, people don't want to hear sermons no more, y'all. People want to see sermons. Show me something with your attitude and with your actions. That's what people are saying. God is doing big things to our church, y'all. Last story I'm going to read is Renee's story. Renee said, since starting at Transformation Church two and a half years ago, my whole identity has changed. I used to be a timid person because I felt unworthy of being saved. I struggled with depression and low self-esteem due to physical abuse, alcohol addiction, anger, and self-hatred. The day after my closest encounter to a suicide attempt, I began the Freedom Connect groups. God freed me from so many chains and continued working in me throughout 2019. This is a year. It's only a year, y'all. Think about that. Today, depression, suicidal thoughts, anger, addiction, and self-hatred are all gone 
by connecting to Jesus, serving, and having a supportive community at Transformation Church. Even my muscular dystrophy symptoms are gone. The same group of doctors who diagnosed me with this incurable degenerative disease are now arguing with me and questioning whether the diagnosis is even there. God is still doing miracles. God is still doing miracles right in front of our face. We just have to learn to pay attention. If we get in community with people, if we get in relationship with people, not just coming on Sunday, but getting in connect groups and getting involved, you will hear these stories. Like I have the blessing and honor to hear these stories so much. And you heard Renee in her in her card mentioned in her, in her testimony mentioned that she was timid. That's interesting because yes, she said a couple years ago when she started coming, yeah, Renee was, I would jokingly say she was scared of her own shadow. She was very shy. A couple months ago, I saw somebody ride in on one of those Can-Am motorcycles. Y'all know what those Can-Am motorcycles look like? The motorcycles with two wheels in front, one in back. And I said, who's got a Can-Am riding in? And they said, oh, that's just Renee. Like Renee is riding motorcycles now. She ain't timid no more. You heard Renee also mention Freedom Connect Groups. We have a we have a thing called Freedom Connect Groups, one of the most powerful things you'll ever experience. We finish up 12 weeks of Freedom uh, Connect Groups with a Freedom Conference. We had our Freedom Conference last week. Let me give you a little insight on what freedom is because some of you might be wondering. Freedom Connect Groups are where people come together in community, in relationship, in a connect group and share about some of the things that they've been dealing with and, and learning how to break the cycles of fear, of pride, of shame, of addiction, of blame, of unforgiveness. And they're able to come together and talk about that in a group of people that love them and share because there's so much power in knowing that somebody else is going through the same thing you're going through. And God provides healing through community. And that's what Freedom Connect groups are doing. He provides healing through that community because God doesn't want anything to hold us back from what he has. He's right there beside us. And guess what's happening in January? January, Freedom Connect groups start back up. And our connect groups start back up in January. And guess what? Timid, shy Renee is going to be leading one of the connect groups. This is what this is about. I'm telling you, the power of God operating in people's lives is what people are seeing on a weekly basis when God gets a hold of them. These stories that we're hearing and these stories that I shared help you to have the faith that Pastor Jamie talked about Caleb having. Because Caleb, it was weird to me when I looked into the story and Caleb had gone in and he had, he had seen the giants, but he still said, we are well able to take the land because it clicked with Caleb and Joshua. And you know why they knew they were well able? Because they had seen and experienced the power of God operate in their lives before. They had been on the battlefields of life before in battles that no one thought they could win. And that, and that God showed up and they won the battle. See, Caleb and Joshua knew that. So that's why it was no big deal for them. That's why they're well able. And I want to make you feel that way. This, I want you to walk out of here feeling that way. Feeling and knowing that there are miracles happening all around us. That God is doing things in people's lives. He's healing them from addiction. He's healing them from isolation. This is why our pastor has a vision for another location. And it's going to take some faith. 
Y'all remember, I, my job as the, exec, as the executive pastor is you have the visionary, Pastor Jamie's the, the, the leader, he's the visionary, and then you have the systems guy that tries to make it all work. I live at the intersection of where vision and reality meet. So when he says another location, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, let's go test my faith, let's do it. But this is why, because it's not about another location. It's not about numbers. It's about these stories that you saw in the cards today. Because God wants to heal lives. He wants to restore families. He wants to restore marriages. He wants to heal people from addiction. And the more that we can get out there and share the love of Jesus, the more that is going to happen. If y'all had any of those stories today, I read any of those stories, hold those stories up right now. Hold them up where you are. I want everybody to look around. This is family. We are in this together. Everybody that's holding up a card had a part in that card. Y'all had a part in that card. Y'all had a part of that story. That's awesome. Y'all can put them down. I'm here to tell you we can't get comfortable in those four stories. We can't get complacent. There's so many more things God wants to do through us. And God wants to heal you from anything that you may be struggling with. You may be struggling with anxiety or depression or, or maybe your family's struggling or maybe your marriage is struggling. God wants to heal us all from that today so that we can go out into the community and show people what the love of Jesus looks like. He wants to do that for us, y'all. I want to be a church that shows people what God looks like and acts like. I want to be a church that stands up for injustice in our communities. I want to be a church that helps heal the hurting and the heartbroken. I want to be a church that advocates for the abused and mistreated. I want to be a church that promotes restoration for the poor and the homeless. I want to be a church that gets out of the stands and gets into the game. Come on, y'all. I want to be that church. I want to be that church that they're talking about all over Knoxville. Saying, who is that church? I see this serving our city trailer go all over. I see it go all, all over the place. They're serving our city. What do these guys do? Where's their church at? Who are these people? I want to be those people. This mission is the biggest mission I've ever been on. And I think we all just got to dive in and be part of it. So y'all go ahead and stand with me right now. Some of you may be saying, you know, what's next? What's the next step? What do I do now? What can I do? The first opportunity is next week in our Vision Partner Sunday. You'll have, a, an, a, a, you'll have an opportunity to commit your finances to what God is doing in this house and what God is doing in this community. You'll have another opportunity to invite people. We're going to hand you out some invite cards next week. And you can invite people to our December 22nd Christmas service. Invite your friends, your family, and your neighbors. Let people get into a life-giving environment and let God change their life. All you got to do is step out the door and step across the street. That's it. Hand them a card. Tell them to come hang out with us December 22nd. Or maybe you say, hey, I heard about you talking about connect groups. How do I get in one? Well, in January, early January, our connect groups are going to kick back up and start over. We'll have lots of information coming out through via text, email from the platform. We'll be coming out about connect groups. You want to get on a serve team? Maybe you want to get on a serve team today. Go out to our connection area right there when you walk out the door. It's right to your left. And you can get on a serve team. You can come serve with us on Christmas. This mission is so very big. I want you to not walk out of here without understanding and realizing what God is doing through our lives. Our lives representing everybody that's in this room. God is doing so many things to you. There are probably people that know you at work that said, I don't know what's changed, 
but something's changed about you and that's an opportunity to share the love of Jesus and what he's doing in your life. That's what this is about. It's not about coming here to hang out every Sunday. It's about coming and experiencing life change, experiencing the miracles of God that are happening all around us. All heads bowed and all eyes closed with me. I'm going to give an opportunity. I never say a word in front of anybody in a church setting without giving them an opportunity to make the biggest commitment that they could ever make. There may be somebody in here that heard me talking about the different things that the church is doing and and heard me talking about the different miracles that God is performing and says, hey, how do I get that? I want to be part of that. I hear you talking about Jesus. I'm not sure if I've ever even been saved. I'm not sure if I've ever even committed my life fully to Jesus. I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. So if God is pulling at your heart and you're saying, Drew, I want to be part of what God is doing. I want God to change my life. I want to get on this mission with you and change the world for Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. We're not going to embarrass anybody, but I want you to raise your hand so I can see you and pray for you. On the count of three, one, two, three. Thank you for your hands. Thank you for your hands. Thank you for making that commitment, getting in the game. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. You don't have to say this prayer out loud with me. You can say it in your heart or you can say it out loud at your seat. And you can just follow along with me. Lord God, we thank you that you came to this earth and walked this planet and died on a bloody cross for my sins so that I could step into this game and so that I could have life free from fear, free from anxiety, free from depression, free from hurt. And I believe that after you died on that that cross, you rose again three days later in power and restoration. And that's what you want to do for my life right now. Lord God, I believe in you. I confess that, that I believe in everything about you. And I give you my life today in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all give God a shout of praise. Lots of hands going up. Brothers and sisters in the kingdom.